coming back to this whole, you know, transitioning, it sounds very clearly that a lot of these lessons, these lessons, these things that you're really, you know, saying right now, things that you've discovered, God has been really teaching, putting on your heart these last few years. Um, how did these lessons kind of come into your life over the last few years as you're, you transitioned from NFL to life here, back hometown, Ferndale, and then running a business and learning about that? How, how did God use some of these things? Yeah. To teach you, um, shape you. I, you know, I think it's in that in that um, tension between, you know, uh, in in John, uh, I think, chapter seven, maybe. Um, I'm not for, not sure. It's in the book of John. Um, it says, you know, um, don't take your children um, out of the world, um, mm-hmm. but teach them not to be of the world, mm-hmm. um, and and that's simple. Right, but it's it's hard, um, and I think that applies to us as as you know as children of God. Like we're in the world, um, yet He wants us to be not of this world. And, that, mm-hmm. and how do we live that out? Um, and it's more, much more than just at service on Sunday morning. Um, it's much more than just at Bible study on Tuesday night. Um, it's seeing our life in entirety as worship to the one and only. God. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's going, you know, um, there's no separation of church and state for me. Mm-hmm. Jesus is my hero in my home. Um, what does that mean? Uh, that means that he's the hero of my life, that, that I testify to his saving grace, every opportunity I'm given. Um, that I teach my children not to be dependent upon me first, that I teach them to be dependent upon Jesus first Mm -hmm. because he's the only one that can actually save their life. I can't. As Mm -hmm. much as I desire to, I can't. I can't provide lasting salvation for my children. As much as I'd love to, I can't. Mm -hmm. Only Jesus can do that. So he needs to be their hero. Mm -hmm. Um, Same thing for my wife. Like, If I create this utter dependence upon me in our marriage relationship, I'm gonna I'm gonna fail my wife. Right. I'm gonna let my wife down. Um, Jesus won't. He right. hasn't. He's fulfilled everything that she desires already. Mm-hmm. Um, and thus, I have to point to that. He is the hero. Right. Um, and then you can just flesh that out through the rest of your life. Like, okay, it's a reality at home. So, so my home hours. I must be properly worshiping Jesus to right. be to be actually loving. To be truly loving and to not leave people dependent upon something that's fleeting and temporary. Um, what is In your business, what does it look like? I mean, I think it looks like the same thing. It says um, that we testify to the hope that we really have. Um, and we do that in a way that's meaningful and... Um, that's unashamed that we do that in our communities. Um, And I, you know, I love, I think it's used a lot, but you know, Galatians uh, five 22, I believe through the spirit. Yeah. Um, And I love, I love the characteristics, but more so at, after um, the nine uh, um, traits are shared, 
it says against these things there is no law. The verse twenty three, I think, is, right. it says against these things there is no law. And to me, that's so, that's just as beautiful as the, as as the definition of the nine attributes, right. um, because it's true. You know, you read through. Um, you read through those things and go, yeah, nobody would disagree with somebody living a life that embodied these. Um, so we're, so why are we afraid? Why are we afraid to testify to the Lord that we serve? Why, right. why are we nervous about introducing him into conversation? Why are we nervous about introducing him into relationship and friendship? Like, what do we have to worry about? Yeah. Because often I think we are, uh, we have more short-term kind of impressions in mind. We're afraid of what people think of us. Um, you know, we have other kind of goals. And lots of times people will live in this, like you were saying, the separation. Um, you know, this is my spiritual life and there's my, like, work life, my yeah. business life or whatever. Yeah. So, and, 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 and it takes some, some failing in, in both areas to realize, oh, wow, this is all the same. And I need to be a disciple you know, just like I'm a disciple in church and learning to disciple and worship people, you know, worship Jesus and teach my family, I got to be a disciple in my in my business and or whatever it is that we do. You know, in our work, we have to learn to be examples of faithfulness and salt and light. Yeah. Um, and you were sharing a story when we were having coffee of some uh, a moment when you, you kind of had some realizations, like as a, as a leader in your business, like oh shoot, you know I'm I'm put, putting this time here, but I should be focusing on that. How do you want to share a little bit about that kind of moment when God kind of nudged you back to um, more active presence in the locker room and things like that? Yeah, uh, you know, I, I, you know, like most people, I, I uh, it's so interesting, like to read through the Old Testament and see, uh, you know, like take Exodus for example. The Israelites, God um, removes them from the bondage they've been in uh, under the Egyptians for hundreds of years, right? He parts the Red Sea to do it, and then in the sea swallows up their enemies, right? Well, right. forty days later, they're building a golden cow and worshiping it, right, yeah. at the base of the mountain that God is is revealing Himself to Moses, and right. it's like, you know, I, you look at that and go. Um, what are they doing? What are they, you know? How can they be like, so forgetful? Yeah, what did yeah, they, what the he just literally <laughs> parted the Red Sea, right? And they walked through it. And um, yet I think we fall into that all the time where it's like, man, we want, we want what the, we want to do things the way the world does them. Yeah. Um, because it's, because maybe you have less um, pushback, you have less, it's easier, presumably. Um, you know, I, so you know, I I I got when I when I first got done, I got enamored with leadership, the idea of leadership, and what does that mean? How do you do it well? And you know, again, it was really self centered. It was on like, hey, how do I become a good leader? Um, and you know, it's like you could use the the kind of the token, oh, you a servant leader, and it's like, yeah, 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 but but like, what does that mean to build that out? And like, how, what are the facets of that? And it's like. How can I figure out? How can I figure it out? And how can yeah. I be? How can I be this great leader? And that's what I'd be remembered as. And yeah. it was this pursuit of selfish personal glory, mm. and it, you know, it just it had just realigned itself in something different. It, I had done it through sport my whole life, and now I was kind of doing it in a different area of my life, basically. Um, and I enjoyed it. I loved reading about it. There's a ton of resources about it, right? It's like and, a whole genre. Of oh, it's it's, right? all, it's its own genre, right? Yeah. And um, 
it was really at this interesting intersection of where I was, I was really personally wanting to faithfully pursue the Lord and, and learn more about him, get to know more about him. So, you know, reading and, and studying as much as I could through the word. And then also reading all these leadership and books and topics and ethos and all these different things. Right. And, and loving it. Mm-hmm. And I started to be like, man, there's so many parallels. Like yeah. they're, they're taking biblical, like this book was written in 1995 this book was, oh man, this book was written a lot earlier than this book was. And it's like, oh, yeah, they borrowed all the, these ideas and they just packaged them a little bit differently. Yeah. And they basically removed the character of Jesus is what they did. And every effective leadership book that I read was proclaiming the character of Jesus without the person of Jesus. Right. And I began to really think about, man, what, what a... Um, what does that do? Um, that's dangerous. Um, because we start to share this idea that if you do this and you do this and you do this, then, um, then you'll be pretty, you'll be attractive, you'll be wanted. Right. It's like, that's not, that's not Jesus. It's another version of self salvation. Totally. And so it was in this pursuit at another company that I was asked to do leadership development at that I was like, whoa. Um, that I just realized the gift God had given me, um, that I hadn't asked for, that I hadn't pursued, but it had been there the whole time. And it was the locker room and it was like, man, I'm doing, I'm considering all these things. Um, and this whole time he had entrusted me with, um, people, right. not business people. And I stewarded it really poorly. Um, and and that was convicting to me. Um, not from the standpoint of like, man, we got to go figure out how to make it make more money. And it's, that wasn't it. It was like, oh, yeah. man, look at how many people have the opportunity to engage on a consistent basis. And you're chasing um, personal prosperity, personal gain, um, that your name would be lifted up. Right. Um, and that was convicting for me. Mm-hmm. Um and so that's kind of what, you know, led me back to um, being really thrilled about the opportunity uh, we had right in front of us right? Um, at, the, at the gym. That's cool. I think um, local business, you know, in, in an age when we're so obsessed with, like, online presence and influence and leadership and platform and all these words that – uh, basically focus all of our attention on getting approval from people who never met us and don't know us, you know. And the idea of, you know, local presence, we, I, I've been part, we were, were all part of like a s- small new church for, forming in, in town. And in the last five years, one of the things we've had to wrestle with was just this idea of like, what is our goal? Like, do we really, are we really here where God has placed us? Um, are we really forming connections, relationships, doing the ordinary work of loving people right where we're at and just being like, Jesus, work through these real connections. We want to show real love. Yeah. If we disappear, I want, I want people to feel an absence of love and grace that they got from us, not just ideas or teaching or, or you know, that kind of thing. So, I, You're hitting it on the head. I think that's... Again, if you if you go to scripture and look at like 
I don't mean, I don't I don't know if it's this is exactly this may be just my interpretation or how I read it, but there's times when you read like the crowds that would come to hear Jesus speak, and it was right. almost like a burden, like, yeah. oh man, I gotta go do this. I really rather wouldn't, right? Right. Um, because I think inherently he understood that the gospel would continue to be spread through those twelve, and that's what they were. And though, you, know, he picked those twelve. Why? Because he would have spent intentional time with them for three years, loving them, um, that he would become real to them, right? Yeah. In such a way that they would live lives testifying to who he was, and they were willing to lose their life to gain Christ. Right. Um, yeah. I was, I've been challenged by this idea that, like, um, you know, the, the question is not how many people will verbalize or um, say that... Um, they liked what you said or they liked what you did from a distance. But the question is, how many people can truly say that your you had an impact on their life personally? Like there's a place in their life that you filled that Christ used to bring gl- grace from one to the other, right? So that, that connection, like how many, th- the closer that people get to me, do they see more and more of Christ or do they see more and more of like, oh, this person's not what I thought they were from a distance, you know? Like, in our age, it tends to be more like, oh, look at me, I'm so great. But then private life, oh, like, struggling, personal relationships, struggling, you know, like, we're young people, we're so driven to uh, pursue our goals, right, and, and relationships, uh, local church presence, family, friends, um, making disciples, oftentimes falls by the wayside, yeah. right? Because it's hard. Yeah. And it's 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 time, it's patience, it's... Not quick results, right? right? And that's not what we're enamored with. Um, we want to see the needle move in a month. We don't want to wait three years. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that. Like, I, I struggle with that just as much as anybody else. And so I think that's that's the that's the that's the journey. That's the wrestle that I think we just have to consider. Um, you know, how did the gospel truly start? Right. Um, and it's really humble. <laughs> I mean, you, you, the the people from those five thousand, right. uh, you know, when he fed the crowds of five thousand and ten thousand, it's like that was a miracle. It was miraculous. Right? Were those the people that Acts talks about as you know spreading the hope of the gospel? Right. Right. You know, in large part, no. It wasn't. It was his inner circle of people. Right. Um, that through close, intentional relationship, developing. Other people that were doing the same thing and doing the same thing, and man, that's that's a it's a cool picture. Yeah, it's crazy to think that like God came into the world, right, mm-hmm. and He limited Himself personally to twelve mm-hmm. guys. Yeah, like He focused. Like He didn't try to impact. I mean, He could have. Like, Jesus could have done a lot of things. He could have zapped His fingers and got three thousand converts. You know, like totally. But. God, you know, we we were we're studying Mark in our church, and there's this crazy scene we just talked about, where he's going across the the lake with them, and he's sitting in the boat, and he's just grilling them for their unbelief. You know, Jesus is just like, he, and he's just wrestling with these guys who can't focus, you know, who can't believe, who can't trust. Like this is God doing what He came to do, like personal relationships, frustration, difficulty, love speaking truth, correcting, you know, 
Totally. That's amazing. One of my favorite stories is when he comes back after the resurrection and what is the first thing he does? He invites all the disciples to breakfast. Like he goes and has breakfast with them. Yeah. And it's like, these are the guys that just left him. Yeah. That were his dudes, supposedly his closest buddies. You know, you put yourself in that situation of like your closest 12 friends, pick them out. Right. And if, you know, the government came to get you today and was going to put you on a cross and lash you and, and, strap you up there and let you die on the cross and none of them were to be found. And one of them actually denied that he was actually your friend three times in front of you. Would you, if you could come back the next day, would you invite all of them to breakfast and, you know, not say a thing about that? No, (laughs) you wouldn't like, I wouldn't, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I wouldn't do that. That wouldn't be the first thing on my mind. Be like, Hey, what happened well, yesterday? Yeah. Where were you guys? Yeah, well, I mean, that was a real fail. Friendship fail there. Yeah. What's going on, you yeah. know? So I don't know. I think that's a really cool, to me, just a picture of who Jesus is and was yeah. and continues to be. Uh, he was in their lives and he is in ours. Yeah, that's awesome. Any, any big ways or highlights, lessons that God has worked in your family life, things he's taught you about being a father, being a husband? Um, le- you know, I, I, I remember you were talking when we were having coffee about how you came to this conclusion that you're like, um, you know, if I'm going to be an effective leader in the home, I got to I gotta dig down into the Bible more. I, I got to spend more time understanding biblical doctrine and teaching. Kind of tell us a little bit about that, maybe, how God worked. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I felt like, uh, in general, there was this reliance upon um, those that had been, that were in ministry, Um and I, I don't say that like in, in an insulting way, but right. that, that they, they had a ministerial role and that meant their responsibility was to teach me and to teach my family about who Jesus was. And, and you know, the reality of that is how, how often are you spending time with them? Again, right. it, is that a consistent, continual engagement, pursuit, refining? Is iron really sharpening iron in that setting, right? Um and I think it's hard. I think it's really hard. That's putting an undue. That's putting a burden on a human that God never designed for a human. Right. Um, and so, what does it look like to honor those that uh, that teach and preach that that encourage us and challenge us in the Word? You know, what does it mean to honor God um, in our right? You know, our right standing before Him. I think it's to humbly pursue Him. Um, and I was, you know, I. I, I didn't feel like I was equipped to do that mm-hmm. personally, um, and then as it extended to my family, and so I wanted to be. I wanted to have the confidence to um, open up the go- uh, the gospel and and um, and talk and teach through it in our home um, to create conversation, to stimulate thought um, among our family on a on a daily basis. Um, so that we saw, we saw um, the sermons on Sundays as a supplement to our spiritual journey, to our right. sanctification, not as the main food source, right? right? And um, not in an insulting way at all. Right. We're so grateful for those that have committed to that and serve that role. Um, but again, I think you put an undue pressure on them if. If that's if if they're carrying that responsibility of the hundred families that they're pastoring, mm-hmm. I mean, that's how is that possible? How can right. you do that? Right? It's that's, well, and, and and in Ephesians, Paul says the whole point of the pastors, teachers, shepherds, 
is to equip the saints for the work of ministry. So the whole point is not for the pastors to do all the ministry. The point is for the pastors to equip all the rest of us to be living as disciple makers and those who build others up in the faith. And so I think the dream of every pastor and leader is to see a church full of people who live and teach and delight in biblical truth and practical Christianity, application of a theology to everyday life, you know? Yeah. But I think as, especially as men, I mean, I'm sure we, this is a challenge. Like we, it's so hard to get guys to think about the fact that you are, you are the personal pastor of your home. Mm-hmm. Like, do you bear that weight? Do you, do you really understand that? And do you embrace that as a calling? Uh, and, you know, and not be distracted by just get, coming home from work, turning on the TV, having dinner, going to sleep, you know? Like, how do we wake guys up to, to kind of a more active view of what co- God has called us in the family? Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I, I don't think that it's... Um, um, it's, 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 it's looking at who Jesus has called us to be. Right. I mean, simply that. I think um, I don't have the playbook on it. Um, I'm simply trying to figure it out and, and scripture is my guide. Um, and, and I think what you see through that is exactly what you're saying. Right. Um, that if, if we're really truly in on a heart's level committed to living faithfully before our father in heaven, um, then we'll challenge ourselves in that area. Mm-hmm. Um, that'll become a priority for us. Um, that we will actively pray for the Lord to fill us with a confidence and spirit to engage that in our homes. Mm-hmm. Um, that we won't rely on our own understanding. That that we would allow the Bible to serve the purpose that it was meant to as as not only our family's tool but our tool. Like we don't have to have the answers. Mm-hmm. It's not our responsibility. Right. It's okay to say, "Wow, honey, that's a great question." Let's go see what the Bible has to say about it. Right. And let's dive into don't get it together. If you don't know. Yes. Yeah. And I think, you know, for men, I th- you know, for me, I, I won't speak for every, all men, but for me, what, you know, what is the greatest roadblock for that? It's pride. Yeah. Like, I'm a prideful person. I'm pride. Pride. Yeah. Is that the root of a lot of the things that cause me to wrestle with the Lord? Right. Um, that being one of them, like, that I don't have the answers, that I'm not the hero of my home, that, that I, I'm not the greatest thing in the universe to my wife and my children. That takes that yeah. my pride takes a shot in that, my personal pride. You're not the uh, full, total boss of the house. You're yes. a steward, right? And I'm grateful for that because there's a freedom in it that goes. That's what that's the that's the burden that Jesus designed for Himself, not for me. Right. What He calls me to is to faithfully pursue Him. And to encourage those around me to do the same thing. Yeah. And that's not daunting because I don't have to have the answers. He does. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's, it's, it's a misunderstanding that, hey, I got to get up and I got to prepare an hour sermon like the pastor does every night for my family. It's like, that's not it. You know, that's a gift that they've been given. Right. And they, they do it really well. And yeah. amen that we get to sit under that. So grateful for that. That's not what we're called to in our home. Um, the Bible is its own teaching. It's, it's you know, 
all scripture is God breathed and used for the purpose of training and instructing, right? I think a lot of times, guys, or, or not only guys, but we as Christians, we fall into this trap subconsciously to think that the Bible is boring. Yeah. You know? Or the word theology is scary. But theology is just basically just learning more about God and what he has revealed. It's, it's not these big scary words that shouldn't scare us away. It, they should make us realize that if God has given us a book where he's revealed himself, yeah. our delight, our, our full joy and worship is unpacked the more we get to know it. Totally. And what's boring about that book? I mean... Yeah. It's filled with characters just like us. And yeah. we think like, oh, it's this clean and proper book. It's like, yeah, yeah right. People. Open yeah. it up and read it. Yeah. Like, Abraham slept with his maidservant. Like, that could be a show on Netflix right now. And it would be super popular. Yeah. It's in the Bible. Yeah. It's the father of our faith. I mean, the book is intriguing. It's interesting. Because there's this redemptive story that we that we all can relate to. Yeah. That centers on one figure, and it's the creator of the universe. And man, it's awesome. I think as as we start to see it not as this rule and list of instructions of things you can't do, or um, oh, these are this is the bondage on my life, and it's like, no, man, it's 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 the story of humanity yeah. and its relationship to God from beginning through the open-ended finish right. of when right. Jesus comes again. Yeah. And that's wonderful. I mean, that's exciting. I think, you know, even to think about it with your kids, like, you know, little, like take a little boy, for instance, like open up, open up uh, the Old Testament and start reading about Samson. Read yeah. the stories about Samson. Like a big warrior dude. Yeah. Talk to your kids about it. Yeah. It's a great story, right? Um like the bravery and the kind of some of the heroics in the book of Daniel yeah. uh, with him and his buddies, right? Shadmach, Meshach, and Abednego, those, those, those four. And like the things they went through, it's crazy. Yeah. It's a great, it's a great story. It's engaging. Um, and so I agree with you. I think it gets this rap that it's a boring book. It's not, it's, and, and it's when extensive. You, when you try to tell your kids more about the Bible and biblical teaching, that's when you realize how, uh, how, how much deeper and more challenging it is. You know, when you're, I'm putting my daughter down, you know, classic scene to bed and tucking her in, and um, and she asks me a question about the Trinity. You know, it's like, how is it one God in in three persons, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit? And I'm, you know, it's like, wow, like this is a moment. And it's like you got to answer, but also it kind of makes you kind of amazed how like, you know, God almost uses your family to re-enchant, re reawaken your beauty, your, your wonder of like, wow, yeah. scripture is amazing. And, and, and I get to pass these truths on to them. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. And, or, and, or I need to refine my understanding of them. Like, yeah. wow, I don't How really, do I, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Honey. I'm going to have to get back to you. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think that's, that's the beauty of opening up that conversation is we all get to pursue together. Yeah. Um, and, you know, isn't that the Lord's design for us is to, in community, um, pursue him, sing praises and hymns of joy, um, worshiping him. I think, you know, that's, that's his design. That's awesome. Well, um, thank you so much for, you know, taking all this time to talk to us. I think it's, it's super encouraging to hear all this stuff. Just a couple of maybe like fun questions for yeah. the lightning round, fun questions. <laughs> 
Um, what's what's the last book you read? Or what? what, what um, just finishing up "Making Sense of God" by Timothy Keller. Oh, that's like one of my top. Dude, it's amazing. I, I've like read, listened on audio through like four times. Yeah, it's he's he's one of my f- favorite. Oh, um, that's amazing. Non-biblical authors, so I, I read a lot of his books. I really like him. Do you guys have a uh, favorite restaurant or local place to eat as a family? Uh, <laughs> or favorites? Home. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have four kids, and uh, our oldest is seven. Our youngest is 10 months now. Um, so our eating out yeah. uh, is very limited. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I'd say where we go most frequently is probably – Weekend afternoons, uh, Bellwood has a good setup where the kids can kind of run. Um, you don't, you know, it's not, there isn't people like trying to have a really nice, quiet meal. So that works for us. Yeah. Yeah. I, we always joke about going into a restaurant with kids. It's like sometimes the waiters don't realize there's like this invisible timer that starts when you walk in Yeah. and, uh, you know, when that timer runs out, kids are crawling up the wall. So you got to. Got to order, bring the food, eat, and get out. You know, totally, a hundred percent. Like they're they're gonna they're gonna start wandering here in ten minutes. Yeah, we yeah. gotta go. That's awesome. <laughs> um, and uh, Super Bowl's coming up this weekend. Mm-hmm. Who are you rooting for? Um, I I don't have a team that I. It it's kind of hard, right? Because I guess it's it like, doesn't matter to me either yeah. way. Um, you know, I uh, I think. There's been some really neat things the last few years um, for those you know that, that take an interest in the Super Bowl. Um, there's been an assertive effort by guys in the league um, and people around the league. Um, you know those commercial spots are some of the most coveted um, in TV production throughout the year. And last right. year there were some really cool specials done um, by some of the athletes, uh, some of the broadcast producers um, that really were glorifying the name of Jesus uh, in and amongst that game. And I think uh, I just thought that was so cool. Um, It was so special for me to go, you know, again, put something that we all put way too much value into. Right. um, Because the reality is in a year, two different teams will be playing. Maybe the two same teams, but they won't look the same. Their roster will be different. Yeah. And, you know, so it it is such a temporary – competition and prize and um but to use that um that platform i think to to share something that's so eternal yeah we can we can do better right and yeah i think that you know encourage you know those that are prayerful um also you know something we've been involved in is uh learning about the reality of um sex trafficking um internationally uh but but really here in the states and mm-hmm. you know we think we did away with slavery well it's stronger than it's ever been uh, it's just in different forms and and the sex traffic trade is is one of the greatest and so um you know unfortunately came to learn that um the week of the super bowl um is the height of that season uh whatever city that is in is the height is 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 the height of that traffic in the united states mm. um that year so you know, ask any of you that are listening and are prayerful to, to man, to commit to praying that week um, that uh, the Lord would work in supernatural ways um, through people you'll never meet, um, that he would save lives, um, that he would interrupt some of those appointments that are made, um, and that he would redeem souls that have been told they're not worthy and invaluable. Mm-hmm.
um, that weekend. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, thank you so much, man. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys for watching. Uh, it's been so cool to talk to you guys again. Uh, send us any thoughts you have. Share this episode with a friend if it's been helpful. Uh, let us know if you have any follow-up questions or comments. We'd love to engage and write back. It's been fun to go back and forth and some of you guys with Instagram and stuff like that. And uh, let us know how we're doing. Uh, leave a review on iTunes if you do have a moment because that really helps other people find the show better. And we will talk to you guys again soon. 